This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back in with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 p.m. And on our Tuesday show, I'm joined by a guest which I'm going to introduce to you in just a second. And as always, a massive thank you to Football Prizes uh, for sponsoring the show. More about this week's prize a little bit later on in the video. But let's crack on with today's show. I'm joined today by the Godfather himself. It's Craig. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Very well, mate. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. How are you all? Um, I'm very well, thank you, Sam, and I hope you are too. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, surprisingly good, actually. Um, I don't know if it's... I feel like there's an element of justice coming, actually. I don't know if you saw the news, but a certain uh, alleged racism incident through Cadella, he's been given a one-match ban. Um <laughs> provisionarily, I should say, um, whilst the investigation goes on. So it could get extended. Hopefully it does get extended. But that's good news, isn't it? There's there's a well, little bit of justice in the world. I see, well, there's a bit of justice in the world, but I read a report that said he wasn't coming because he had health problems. Because uh, He wasn't coming anyway. Yeah, it turns out. He wasn't yeah, actually coming anyway. He yeah. bottled it. The racist bastard. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good news. Good news. He shouldn't play football again. Um, no. Have you, have you seen the one that happened in Valencia as well? Yeah, I saw yes. that as well. Yeah, it's disgusting. And big, big shout out to the Valencia players for walking off. Uh, mm. It's It's got to stop. It's, it's something in football that drives me insane. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter who's having a go at who. You know, English people could be having a go at Irish people, Scottish people. Mm. It drives me insane, racism. Um yeah, so it's something it's something that's got to come out of football straight away. FIFA yeah. have got to come. FIFA, UEFA, whatever governing body it is involved, have got to come down on racism hard, hard, yeah. hard, hard. If you're if, if you're found guilty of racism, you should never play on a professional football pitch again, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I think I, I come down slightly differently. I think that there's like, uh, and we talk about this a lot um, with John on the on the LTA podcast. We talk about social side of things, and I'm very much kind of on the side of, I get that whole thing about ban them, and I think they should be banned. I also think that 
we should, probably should move towards the route, in my view, of that kind of rehabilitation. Can mm. you rehabilitate a racist is, is a very poignant question, I suppose. Um, but I'd well, rather go down the route of saying that, look, we're going to ban you as a punishment and we're going to say that you're going to go on a course and you're going to learn why this is wrong, what you said, and then bring you back. And then hopefully, because I'd rather the, the opportunity... Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, learn. I mean, that sounds... That yeah. sounds. Yeah, I mean, that probably sounds a less harsher punishment than what I've just said. But yeah, I mean, I think you can... Re- of course, you can rehabilitate a, um, a, a racist. Anyone can, you know, anyone can learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lesson must be very... The lesson has got to be very stern. Um, and very tough you know it can't be an easy can't be any oh I've just got to go and sit in a room for six hours once a week and listen to a fellow tell me why I'm so bad because I called you know called someone a racist slur it's it's got to come down harder than that yeah I agree in the sense it it does and I think that actually not no fans in the ground has, has started to highlight that it's been actually more ingrained within the player section of, of the game rather than just coming from the stands as well, which is a real, mm. a real concern. Anyway, that obviously it's a, it's a big, big topic and one that is going to rumble on. Um, but I'm glad that some action starting to be taken. Um, but we move on to talk about Arsenal specifically. And I named the show, um, kind of how do, what do we, how do we save our season? Um, uh, how do Arsenal save their season? Because things are, aren't too great. Um, obviously, I mean, I was expecting a way better performance against Liverpool than we got. Um, I wouldn't say I was expecting us to go out there and really win the game. I predicted a win because I'm always the optimist. Um, but I was still thinking, like, it's Liverpool, the champions. They've got all their players fit besides two centre-backs who we didn't test at all throughout the entire <clears> game. <throat> um, and it left us, and it left the fan base very, very low after after Saturday to the point where a lot of people had given up and said, look, the league's gone. That's just... No point even looking at the league now. Mm. Let's focus on the Europa League. So after that really disappointing kind of game, where was your head at? I was like, I was in the mud um, Saturday evening. I, I I waited all week to watch it. I I thought we was going to really give them a game. I thought it was a game we could win. I thought it was a game we could have we could have won easy. Um, they were there for the taking, but. As you say, the two centre halves, you know, I've never, never heard of them, um, and we didn't even we didn't even test them. It's not for me. It wasn't it, for me. It wasn't the result so much. It was the way the result came. Arsenal were terrible, Tom. It's probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen, and has to be the worst performance I've ever seen since Baku in the Europa League final. It was so bad. We couldn't pass to each other. We couldn't get on the ball. I think we only had one shot on target in the whole game. Alisson could have set up a, a cake stall and sold cakes to people who were in the ground. No problem whatsoever because no one was coming near his goal. It, it was just a horrible, horrible performance. And I'm starting to worry now whether the players are going, are, are starting to throw Arteta under the bus like they threw Emery under the bus because it's all very well changing your manager because you, you can't, sorry, what I'm going to say is it, it worries me because you can't mm. change 25 players. So that means that the manager's got to go. So if the manager goes, the next one that comes in is still stuck with this with this squad of players. So I don't know where I am with my thoughts at the moment. I've backed Mikel Arteta all, all year, as, as people know. 
But even I'm now starting to have my doubts because of the way that they are performing. It's it's just not Arsenal. It's it's rubbish. Yeah. It's absolute rubbish. Um, people in the chat, uh, Mitchell says they thought Liverpool were class. I can't agree with you, Mitchell. I'm afraid I, Liverpool weren't. I, I don't think they were that good. Um, I, I think said we, that we put it on a platter for them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, we we every time we got the ball, we we couldn't get it forward. No, no, there was no player there to get the ball, pick it up, drive forward. No one could drive through the press. It was just, oh, it was just awful, awful watching. And, and like I say, um, Liverpool, not no, Liverpool weren't that great for me. Um, like you said, mate, you hit it on the head there. They, they We gave it to them on a plate. Mm. I just, I get really frustrated, of course, like in the sense that I think it's amazing how kind of highs and lows we go through as Arsenal fans from game to game. Mm. And it's maybe not until the end of the season where we can really collect our thoughts and look at and evaluate what's happened. And there's still a lot of football left. I mean, you, how we feel after that Liverpool loss, if Arsenal were to go on and win the Europa League, it would be the, the euphoria surrounding getting back into the Champions League after what's happened this season. Like, it would be unimaginable um, in terms of kind of the social impact, on I think, on the fan base. The thing about Arteta is it always comes down is in terms of how do we save the season is there's some big decisions that have now got to be made in the short mm. term because Kieran Tierney, the injury to Kieran Tierney is, is massive. Like yeah. he's so important to what we do down our left-hand side. And I, I put a tweet out this morning, a little bit in jest and kind of just like still wiping the sleep out of my eyes, I suppose, with, with a bit of a tweet. And I put a tweet out saying, should we go back? to playing the 3-4-3 system for the rest of the season because without a natural left-back, the only kind of other player that I can think to go as a natural-sided left-back would be Bukayo Saka, who, of course, mm. has played there in the past. You've also got the situation where we're, we're not really creating loads, even with the back four at the moment, and with either one of Emil Smith-Rowe and Erda go out as well, and, and maybe having three centre-backs would stop us from conceding goals. And I've asked Blog, uh, God bless him, replied to saying, just no, <laughs> that was it, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people agree with him. And it was interesting because a lot of people disagreed as well, in a sense, and, and got on the idea of it, because it was just purely out there's kind of a discussion point, should Arsenal consider doing that? So do you think that that's kind of a route that Arsenal could use, is to be a little bit more solid? Well, he's going to have to. He's got a big decision to make, isn't he? And he first, I'm with you. If I, I, I don't want to see Saka playing left back. Saka, Saka is a player that we want up the pitch, not 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 defending. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 a possibility that he, he goes back to the three four three. Um, but again, that's that's it's down to Mikel Arteta. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Is he using the rest of this season to kind of fathom what fathom what it is he wants? Um, from players, is he is he using is he using the rest of the season to chop and to change it so many times, like we've seen him do, to work out who he wants to keep and who he wants to go and this, that, and the other. I I'm not too sure that he'll get back to in the summer, Tom. I'm not, I'm very worried about the summer. Um, mm. I don't think he's going to get the back in that we're all expecting, and. I'm very, very worried about who. I mean, there's there's talks there that Lacazette's going to extend his contract. There's talks of him giving David Luiz his contract extension. I mean, like, oh god! Like when I hear news like that, it kind of makes me feel a bit, you know, a bit worried about if well, if he's handing them new contracts, who the hell's coming in? Do you know, I don't think many people will be coming in. 
I think I did. I read a report to say that the Cronkies have agreed to fund one transfer, you know, one big transfer, but you just don't know what you're reading, do you? You don't know whether you can believe it or not. Um, going back to your original question, 343, who knows, mate? I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. I, in answer to the question, I don't want him to go, to, I, I don't want him to play Saka left back. No way. Um, we've got to keep Saka up the pitch. So if it means going 3 4 3 for the rest of the season while Tierney's out, because it looks like he probably will be out for the rest of the season, then so be it, mate. Yeah. I, I don't think playing Saka in a left wing back role necessarily takes away from what he does in the final third, because I think that system allows those wing backs That's to true get too. Yeah. the pitch. You look at what Tuchel's doing with Chelsea really successfully, other than against West Brom, but yeah, yeah. Ability of the red card obviously led to that result. But you kind of Hudson Adoy on that side and Alonso doing what he's doing on the left hand side, Chilwell when he plays too. I think it's an option. I, I don't think it's necessarily that's something that I want to say that this is the way we need to move forward. But I think it's for me, I look at the three four three as a bit of a needs must kind of situation. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of last season, Arteta switched to the three four three because we were conceding for fun and we went on to win the trophy that we were yeah, involved very in. Very true. Yeah. So that that's something. It's, it's, that it's a think... formation they know how to play. It's a formation that they know what he wants. That you know that what he wants from it. Mm. So perhaps perhaps it could be you know perhaps it could be um, a good decision to do that because he's not really get, he's, with the formation that he's playing at the moment. He's not getting anything out of it, is he? So you know, change it up a bit, I suppose, and see what happens. But at the moment, I'm just so downhearted with it all. You know, I'm just so yeah. downhearted with it all. You know. We, we are where we are for a reason because we haven't been good enough and it's as simple as that. And Mikhail Arteta has to take some blame for that. I understand that. But the bigger blame comes with the players for me. I'm sorry. They have, they have thrown him under a bus numerous amounts of times. You could see... I mean, even Lacazette admitted it after the West Ham game. Um, oh, in the first half, we didn't listen to the manager. I mean, what a thing to say. I, I couldn't believe it when he said that. Oh, we didn't. We we didn't listen to the manager in the second half. We did. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was what the uh, fuck. Like, and then where, wherever there's a Tottenham result, wherever there's a Leicester result, there's a Burnley result, or there's a, mm. you know, there's another poor result that comes that comes with it. Consistency <laughs> is key, consistency is key with Arteta. There is no consistency at the moment. Um, Do you think that Lacazette comment falls on? him as in Lacazette because obviously he's a player that was here way before Arteta was assigned mm. can you imagine kind of one of the more recent players like I know Tinny was signed under Emery uh, or a Martinelli but can you imagine him or Gabriel or a part can you imagine those guys saying that because there's part of me that wants to obviously with people how know how I feel about Arteta and that but there's part of me that wants to go I don't know if that's the the mental issues that we've had ingrained in that previous kind of regime of players and mm. Or is it actually on Arteta that he, to say that we didn't follow his instructions? Well, is that on the manager? Because you would say that, well, he should be setting out to go out and do what he expects. But if they go out and don't do what he's asked them to do, is that? Well, you, you could think? look at it too. Yeah, you could look at it both ways, couldn't you? You could look at it like that, that he hasn't G'd him up enough um, and that they haven't gone out there and, and executed the plan. But no, I don't. I think I think it meant what he meant. I think they went out there and, and um, played their own game. And didn't it show? I mean, three yeah. nil down in twenty minutes, and they came out second half under instruction and, and 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 were unlucky, I think, not to win the game. We should have won the game at the in the end of it. But I just think there's so much negativity around the club at the moment. You know, I mean, with, with the manager and stuff like that, I do really do think it keeps deflecting off 
how bad the players have been. They they haven't been performing. Aubameyang's been awful. Lacazette's been awful. Um, the research, you know, the research. Saka and Smith Rowe have been superb, and I, that sets alarm bells off for me. That two nineteen-year-old kids have had to come in and mm. show the and, and set the way to players like you know Aubameyang and stuff like that. The captaincy's got to change. It's a big one for me next season. The captaincy has got to change. It's got to come off the arm of Aubameyang. He's for me, he's no captain. I said it straight away when he was giving it to him, and everyone laughed at me. Um, yeah. No, nah, he, he's 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 not good enough to be captain. He's not a leader. You put a lot of stock in that then, because some people would say that the captain's armbands are little kind of aesthetic rather than actually being something like you have leaders in the team without no. needing an armband, but you you would disagree and say that that's oh I disagree. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a traditionalist with the armband, right? Yeah, a captain should be a man who will who will grab a game by the scruff of the neck, who will who will rally the team together. Um, after you know, when when when's the last time you saw anyone gin up the team after they conceded a goal? Mm. I've, no, I've never seen. Other, also, usually. Yeah, but I've seen other teams do. I've seen you know, I've seen other captains do it. Yeah. Call the team in. You know, all right, we've gone one nil down. You know, c- calm down, carry on playing as we play. No one does that at Arsenal. No one. They just heads down, walk back to the centre circle, and they'll, off they go again. No one talks to each other. No one wants to explain what happened. All it is is arms go up in the air and, and and they walk back to the center circle. No one takes the blame. No one takes the heat, um, as to say. But to me, I'm a traditionalist. I, I I like to have a captain on the pitch who will lead, who will lead and 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 lead by example. You know, a lot of people are calling for Kieran Tierney to be captain. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have, have even suggested Granite Xhaka should be given back the armband. Um, that's you know that's for another podcast. But, hmm. um. The captaincy definitely needs to change. We haven't had a leader at Arsenal. You could say we haven't had a leader since Vieira. Um, I think Gilberto Silva was was a good captain. Maybe Rob, maybe Robin Van Persie was a good captain as well because there was many times when he took the game by the scruff of the neck and he got us yeah. back into games. Do you know? captain. Exactly. That's an and that's what you want on the pitch. You don't Van want Van a fellow who's... Nah, he doesn't. I mean... Against West Ham, the, the quickest I saw him move was when he when he um, celebrated when celebrated with Lacazette. Yeah, you know, and it, it's ridiculous. The Arsenal captaincy has been some has been something of a joke at Arsenal for far too long, and it's about time someone made it their job to make sure that we have got a leader on the pitch all the time. Whether it be Kieran Tierney, whether it be Granite Xhaka, whether it be David Lewis, whether it be who I don't care who it is, mm. just make sure it's a man that can lead um, and 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 take a game by the scruff of the neck. Do you think that if we took, say, we follow those footsteps, take the captaincy off of Bamiang, there's two schools, of two two kind of questions that spurn from this: is that one, do you think a Bamiang can handle that that ego hit that? that a bit public kind of embarrassment in a way having that taken off him and secondly is is Aubameyang himself we've invested in this guy we've given him a new deal he's got at least two more seasons left on a big big contract do you what do we do with him at this point I don't care if he sulks if he sulks he sulks Mm. man earns 300 grand a week what you got to sulk about um whether you're you know captain or not you obviously he obviously doesn't really care that's harsh because I've I haven't asked him um, and I don't you know he uh, he can't he's not here to defend himself but to me he don't care 
he, he don't care. I mean, he's been late. He, he turned up late to a North London derby. It's not the first time he's turned up late, apparently. Um, it's funny to me how he was absolutely superb before the before the contract offer came in, and now now he's you know he's not firing. I think this is if we're not careful, this is going to turn into an Ozil number two situation. I can yeah. see it turning into an Ozil an Ozil situation yeah, altogether yeah. already. Hmm. Um, so it's about time somebody put the foot down and got rid of of players like this because if you're That's not, not if the show, I like Arteta because I feel like he does that. Genduzi, and you think about what happened with Ozil, Kalasanak, Mustafi. Like I feel like he does that. So that gives me hope, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, perhaps he's perhaps he's only keeping these in the team because it's all he's, he's he's you know he's all he's got at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so perhaps, perhaps that's another reason. Well, to say you, I don't, I don't... Martinelli, which is an issue for some people, a lot of people. Yeah, it is a lot of people, and, and I, even now I'm starting to see that as well. I mean, like, why when you when you're new when you're new new at Liverpool, why are you bringing on Mohamed and any? Like, what? The, what I will say to that, just while you're on that, is that I think that he realised he made a mistake in picking Ceballos over El Nenny at the start of the game. I thought he should have started with El Nenny because El Nenny's similar to Granite Xhaka, way more similar to him than Ceballos is. So he'd give you that kind of, although he's much more passive and he doesn't necessarily give you much progression, he would have given us a little bit more control with his passing that we didn't necessarily have with Ceballos. So I think that he brought El Nenny on later, realising that he'd made a mistake. But ultimately, that means he's admitted that he's made the error. But he brought mm. on Martinelli way too late in the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not just the Liverpool game though, is it? It's been it's been plenty of games where we've needed a bit mm. of spark up front. West Stam, for example. Yeah. And he's you know, who did he bring on for a Bamiang that day? Um I can't remember now. But it weren't it wasn't a player like for like yeah, switch. Um his substitu- substitutions are he's sub- for Xhaka and then he brought on was it Willian for uh, Bamiang? I think it might have been a was it? I mean, well, I mean, that's hardly um, hardly that's inspiring, is it? Even me, is like the biggest Arteta kind of backer is that it, I can't defend the consistent mistakes yeah. that he makes with selection because the we saw you and me saw against West Ham, and you said there the most running that Abamyang did against West Ham was when he celebrated. He was awful on the left side. He was awful playing with the Lacazette, and I don't think those two play well together. No. And it was a brilliant interview that was re-highlighted by LT Arsenal that Freddie Umberg did in 2019, where he talked about the lack of balance that you have when you play Lacazette and Abamyang together. And yet, our last game was against West Ham, and he persisted against Liverpool to play Abamyang and Lacazette together when he had not just Martinelli, and I know Willian's been poor, but he is a more natural winger than Aubameyang. And so he had those choices, and yet he continued with that. And that's I took a real issue with that. Well, I would too, because he's he's turning into a bit of an Arsene Wenger already. With And when I, when I compare him to Arsene Wenger, I compare him to Arsene Wenger with his stubbornness to carry mm. on with players that he is showing... 100% loyalty to, and he's getting nothing back from them. Nothing back from them. If I was a Bamiyang and I got left out of the North London derby, you can bet your ass that I would have been breaking my balls to make sure that I repaid my teammates and that I, re- I repaid, you know, I repaid my manager, you know, for, 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 for breaking the rules, code of conduct, whatever you want to call it. He comes, he, he plays against Olympiacos. He's awful again. Then West Ham, awful. Yeah. 
you know, and, and then he was awful again at the weekend. Pierre, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a player that we need. He's supposed to be our talisman. Mm. And you don't even know he's playing sometimes. It, it it's got that bad. It's got that bad. What's that? Do you, just, do you think he's just goals? Is that all he gives you? And therefore, that's all he, he gives. I'm sorry, him. but I, yeah, it's all he gives. It's all he gives me. He's an out-and-out goal scorer. He's a striker. He's, he's, we've seen it. He's, he's scored tremendous goals for us. He scored tremendous goals for Borussia Dortmund. He scored tremendous goals for his country. Hmm. Why can't he do it now? What's he? What's the, what's going on? Why, why is he? Why has he gone off the boil now? I'm not. I just don't. Do you think it's an Urzil similar situation? Do you think the contract has had an impact on? I do, I do, and people might laugh at me, but I do. When you pay someone three hundred grand a week, what care do they need to give? He signed a three-year contract, three hundred thousand pound a week. What cares does he have to give now? He's got the captaincy, and he gets paid three hundred grand a week. I mean, think think about it. If you were playing for Arsenal and getting paid three hundred grand a week, and you were the captain. No one there else to to take the position away from you. Mm. Have you got to give a hundred percent every week? No, and you when haven't. you play like you did against West Ham and still get selected, yeah, and, and then and then when you when you, when you turn up late and still get named <laughs> as a substitute, that yeah, that yeah, that 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 was a mistake because it stunk of okay, Arteta, you want to make a the point, you want to make a stand by saying, look, you've turned up late, that's not acceptable. But knowing it's a North London derby and a Bamyang is can be great. You, it was a, ba- a bit of a cop out to throw him on the bench as well. If you're gonna, if you're gonna knock him out of the starting lineup, knock him out of the squads because yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I remember when it happened. I was here. I was stressing. I was stressing. Yeah. I was shouting at the TV. What's he done? That's so bad. Yeah. The managers left him out for a North London derby, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But then when you hear that he's breaking, when you hear that he's he's broken that rule, times. then I support. Mikhail Arteta on that and I mm. and I I look at that as good management. I do. I look at that as good management. It hasn't worked by the looks of things by sending a Bamiang a message, but it might it certainly obviously sent a message out to the rest of them. Well, that's good yeah. because if 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 the rest of them have got the message, that's good. If one fella decides that he's Exactly. If he if one fella's not going to get the message, then the, the the one fella can be easily dealt with. Yeah. So like Mercer Ozil. Hmm. in his situation, you know. Um, we don't know what happened with Mercer Ozil. Some would say it was a political thing. Some say it's a football thing. Some say it's a personality thing. Who knows? We're never going to know until he writes a book. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and we all buy it just to read that chapter. Um, and then he trolls us all like Arsene Wenger did and says nothing um, about what we want to know. But um, it's, a, it's a tricky situation with Aubameyang, Tom. And... I will put my neck on the line now and say that if a good offer came in for him, I'd sell him. So would I. You're not alone. I don't think. I don't think you're alone by a long shot. I think there's a lot of people that. And what? And what's a good offer for you? Like what? What? How? What amount of money? For I'd take forty 30, million for him. Would you take thirty? I'd take. I'd, nah, forty. Forty million. You can have him. I think I'd take thirty because the amount of money that we're paying him. What? We've got, I mean, yeah, he's 32. I would take 30 yeah. and extend Lacquer for an extra year, just one year, just give Lacazette a year extension. You can bring in a striker if you want to as well, but then you've got yeah. Lacazette there for an extra year. But yeah, yeah, move him on because then I think you can also put more emphasis on maybe Martinelli being a more central player, giving more opportunity. Which I think, do you know what? Which I think is what he's doing behind the scenes. Yeah, maybe. I've been watching those training videos of Martinelli doing the drills, the one on one drills, and 
and stuff like that. Um, I think that's what's happening behind the um, behind the scenes. Can you bring that comment in there um, from Fubar Gunner? Uh, yeah, so let me scroll up to it. Read it for me. Oh, there we go. Our yeah, it says, uh, it says our fan syndrome. Look at wages, and it's bonkers. It's the club paying them. Well, it's not. It's us. We <laughs> pay the we, we pay the wages. We pay the tickets. We pay Sky Sports. We buy the merchandise. This, that, and the other. Now, another thing as well is if you're a player playing for this club and you're getting paid three hundred grand a week, the least you should be doing is giving hundred and ten percent on that pitch every week. Every week you play for this club and you put this badge on your chest. And you're getting paid that amount of money. You should you should give 110% for this club. You should walk off that pitch with nothing else to give. Mm. Um, so when people say, "Oh, it's the club playing them," it's the club playing them. It's not. We're all paying them. We're all. It, it doesn't matter if you're a season ticket holder. You buy a shirt. You buy a Sky Sports subscription. You are giving money to Arsenal, and that money is give, being being paid to the players. Everyone mm. puts in to this football club. And 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 the players obviously obviously me buying Sky Sports yeah is only a minute a minute but add it all up we do pay the players and that's where the money that's where the revenue comes from so in answer to that you might feel like that but I feel completely different and 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 the point of the matter is if you're getting paid three hundred grand a week like I said you go out onto that pitch with that shirt on. And you give it everything you've got until the final whistle. Mm. I can't. I can't. I look at what I see in the kind of the perception around like how we can criticise players, the amount of money that they earn. And I've always been a big advocate of saying that footballers deserve to earn that amount of money based on commercial. Like commercially, they, they, they deserve it in the sense it's not morally right, but it's commercially right because ultimately you've got millions of people that want to watch and play football, and that's just the way the world works, unfortunately. Mm. But I get in the sense that you're talking about there and going, we invest in this team. And and even if you say you don't spend anything, say if you're a a person that refuses to spend any money on the club, fair play, fair play to you, by the way. Uh, I I can't be you. I I just, I need to associate myself with Mm. with sometimes bringing in merchandise or having a shirt or whatever. Um, But you invest your time into watching Arsenal, into talking mm. about Arsenal, into thinking about Arsenal nearly 24-7, which, I mean, me and Craig certainly do, maybe too much. <laughs> well, it's, it's it, jokes aside, people people say this to me, you know, how do you watch football all the time? How do you watch football all the time? I liken it to, I, I liken it to and compare it to a religion. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a religious man. Um, and I have no problem with people who are religious, but Arsenal is my religion. Yeah. I sleep, I eat, I drink Arsenal Football Club. Um, I lie in bed here sometimes, two, three o'clock. When I, I, like, Arsenal got beaten by Liverpool on Saturday. I was here three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, awake, yeah. thinking about it. What's happening? What's going on? Do you know? And, and then people have the cheek to call me not a real fan uh, because I don't go to games. But yeah, yes. here I am asleep, you know, not losing sleep because Arsenal have lost. Um, so don't, you know, that I've seen a lot of that on Twitter this over the last few not weeks. Not a real fan. Talk. Not a real fan because you don't go to the football or not a real fan because you don't buy tickets. You know, yeah. Tell that to someone who lives in America who gets up at four o'clock in the morning to watch us draw with Burnley. Yeah. Tell that to them and see what answer you get about but not being a real fan. Uh, we did, Unbelievable. 
we ran um, uh, John, Miami John, uh, 305 cast on Twitter, on the website uh, last year, ran a series where he spoke to foreign fans and got their stories about why they... And the amount of times the lines that come up saying that how they describe the first time they actually got to come over. And then there are some fans that haven't been able to come over and they talk about how much it means to them to be able to do it. Um, and to come over it really frustrates me when people say like do you go to games and stuff like that have you ever been to a game are you watching the games like we and then they use that in the sense that like going to a game like, I, I go to games like not regularly but I go mm. to a, a few games during the season when I can because <laughs> it's Arsenal and we put our money to it and it's expensive Arsenal is expensive it's really for your average Joe like it is it is a pricey weekend activity because you've got to think about not only your match ticket you're thinking about your travel you're thinking about your food on the and travel in the UK, by the way, if you're not, it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot, it's a big commitment, and that's what frustrates me. And and even though I've spent a significant amount of going to a game, someone that's got up anywhere else in the world or in the UK to watch the game is no more or less of a fan than me, mm. just because I've yes. been there. It it's, does me in. It's, it's it's really frustrating. I get you. It uh, does we have We've reached the halfway point. So before we go on to the next topic, uh, very quickly, if you would like a chance of winning a, I know a lot of people are like this, um, a signed Gabrielle Martinelli uh, shirt from this season, um, there is the opportunity to do so. Links in the description to Football Prizes website. Um, you can buy a ticket. There's 99 available, so you've got a 1 in 99 chance. You can buy more than one ticket to increase your chance if you want. Um, but we've had some really good winners and good prizes. We've had signed Thomas Party shirts. What a great prize. But it's a really, really nice one because it's this season shirt. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you want to go a ticket, go and get one. It'll be released on Friday at 8.30 on their Facebook page. And we'll be giving one of our members uh, a free entry into the competition as well. So make sure you tune in on Friday show to find out who that is. It's, we're going to hopefully pretend, Craig, we have a, a very good member called Kian who comes on the show. And he's won the last two free entries in a row. And there's a lot of people that enter each week and he's managed to win back to back. So we're hoping. Lovely. Lovely. Have a bit of rub off. Can you give me, can you give me the lottery numbers? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully someone else can, can get a go. But Kian, we wish you the best of luck still for this week's draw. Um, Got to be in it to win it. Exactly. Uh, Chris goes, at one of our members in brackets, a.k.a. Keir. So there you go. You know how it works. <laughs> um, we want to talk a little bit, about, obviously, about beyond this season um, and what the kind of the Arsenal needs in the summer. You, you talked about an article that you read. I've brought up an article written by in Football London where Arteta addressed kind of um, the the idea about the funds being made available for new signs. And he says, the team is going to reflect uh, better performance results. And at the end of the season, we'll see where we are and have a discussion. We know that certain scenarios can vary and we cannot control them. I'm, I'm guessing he's alluding to what European competition we're in and where we finish. Yeah. Um, they're going to be dependent on things today we can't determine. But the plan is to go ahead with what we want. And I know they fully agree, they being the ownership, uh, with with that and they've been fully supportive of us now we've heard things like this in the past we've yeah. heard the ownership back us the ownership Wenger said it that they, he's got the backing of the owners Unai Emery said it that he's got the backing of the owners and we've not necessarily got the things that we've expected or that the coaches have expected I mean Emery wanted Zaha he didn't get Zaha uh, he wanted Steven Nzonzi he didn't get Steven Nzonzi stuff like that um, Arteta I feel last season wanted obviously Hussein Awa Edu wanted Thomas Partey I think they both wanted both players to be honest and if we'd have got both players, I would have been much more confident going into next season thinking, okay, this, this board really does back the, the the club because they would have gone out last season and got the two key targets that both of those guys wanted. So how are you feeling about 
the end of the season because the season's so depressing right now that it's quite nice to talk about the end of the season. Yeah, well, so, I mean, how do you feel about it? I, I'm looking for like I've I've been talking about next season for the last six weeks, Tom. To be honest with you, you know, on our podcast, we're talking about where do we go next season already? Um, mm. Which is madness. We've never we've never spoken about that before. Um, that that so uh, so early on. But it is over to the Cronkies, Tom. It really is. If yeah. they want to, if they want to, if they want to own a successful football club, it's over to them. And with this news of the financial fair play thing um, changing or being cancelled, or I don't know how. I'm not really into people who watch me. know I'm not really into reading reports about money and stuff like that. But if it's going to change, then he has no excuse but to put his money. To, to, to put his hand in his pocket and, and, and give Arteta some money. I, I think Arteta needs probably a new right back. He's going to need cover for Kieran Tierney. I think we're okay in the middle with Saliba and Gabriel. Um, Rob Holden, because he's, he's just signed a, a new contract, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and of course, uh, Mavropanos as well, who's, who, who's doing really well um, out in uh, wherever he is, I'm reading. Stuttgart. Stuttgart. He's going to need some cover for Smith Rowe. He's going to need cover for Saka. If he lets Lacazette go, he's going to need someone in there. But then looking at that, has he already identified his targets? He did say a few weeks ago that there's six players that they're looking at already. Um, so can we believe what he says? I would be cautious because like mm -hmm. you like you rightly said we we've we've heard all this before we've heard all this that this fella's coming and that fella's coming um is that fella there in the chat box says Craig how much do you want Cronky to give Arteta um it's got to be we're going to need 250 million I think 200 to 250 million is he going to give us 200 250 million of course he's not um so that's that's why I worry I mean I can't see I can't see if I could <laughs> I can't see how with with today's transfer market and the, and the prices that the prices that they, that we're seeing, yeah, that's that's got to be a ballpark figure, isn't it? Two hundred million. I mean, there's a fellow there saying one hundred and fifty min, one hundred and fifty million minimum. Yeah, between one hundred and fifty to two hundred million. I, we've got I to, but what we've got to do is with that money, Tom. We've got to stop going for these. We've got to stop going for these players. That. Uh, Household, like you know, like these 50, 60, 70, 80 million pound players. I don't want them kind of players. I want, look I want Gabriel. exactly look at Gabriel, look at look at Robinson at Liverpool, Van Dyke. Um, Tini cost us 25 mil. I mean, I've just said Van Dyke there, I know he went for 75 million, but we we <laughs> missed, we, we missed yeah. out on him for 12.5 yeah. 12 million, yeah. Do you know, like we, these are, exactly. Do you know these, these players? Yeah. I don't want. I don't want these household players. I want players to come in, and 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 play for this, and mm. and 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 be a round peg for a round hole, and listen to the manager and give hundred and ten percent. I'm sick of having players at Arsenal coming here for a retirement home. David Luiz, Mercer Ozil. Um, Oh, I can't remember how many more players there is that have come in for retirement. Bamiyang, if you want, Crikey. thirty-two years of old, three hundred grand a week. Come on, do you know? 
This is I'm just I'm sick of it. I just I, want I want our scouts to go out there and find me. Yeah, not any, mate. <laughs> Remember, we're redundant, mate. You know? well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want someone to go out and 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 get us the round pegs for the round holes and stop bringing me. Look, it's not Nicholas Pepe's fault. I get that. Stop bringing me seventy-two million pound Pepe. Oh, I'm not interested. I'm not yeah. interested. 100%. We should have had a seventy-two. We we could have had Van Dyke for that money. Yeah. We spent seventy-two million pounds on a luxury player instead of the spine. That yeah. I wouldn't just. And that's the thing is that when I don't want to bring up Emery again, but that is one of the the, the grudges I I suppose I hold is that he we had the opportunity to spend that amount of money mm. on a player. Why spend it on a luxury winger yeah. like that? That really annoyed me. I mean. Don't get I'm so glad you brought that up because I mean I'll put the link to it in the in the in the chat box. So I literally wrote exactly what you said there today about how Arsenal need to go out and they need to sign players that you look at the position that you're signing them in. Is it an upgrade on the player that we've already got there? Exactly. If it's not, you don't sign them. Exactly. I'm, I'm, the amount of players I listed, I mean, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to remind And myself. as a fan base, right? I'm sorry if I'm shouting, I'm getting a bit hit up now because I'm and you know, now. <laughs> because but I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, when I'm doing my podcast, I'm the host, and the, the boys do the talking. I don't always get to say what I want. I want the fans to stop being snobbish as well. Yeah. If he comes, if 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 the new player comes from the championship, and he's an upgrade, oh, don't indeed. snob it. I hate this thing. Oh, we can't sign him. He plays in the championship. That's Johnny that's not. That's not an upgrade. You know, Liverpool took Robinson from relegated whole city. Mm. Do you know? West I know. I keep, yeah, there's players there that can come in, and as you rightly say, Tom, if it's an upgrade, put him in. If it's not an upgrade, don't buy it. Don't buy him. You know, get out there, get some bloody scouts out there, and get us some decent players who will play football for for, for the club instead yeah. of coming here for a big wage. Does my head in. Between 2015 and 2019, Arsenal spent £561 million oh. on transfers. And in that time, we signed Squadron Mustafi, Socrates, Lucas Torreira, Matteo Ganduzi, Pepe, Lacazette, Cedric, Ronison, David Luiz, Stefan Lichsteiner on wages. It was a free transfer, oh but signing off the Sayer Klasenak, Lucas Perez and Mohamed Elneny. And none of those players improved on a position. Lucas Torreira, you may think, is a bit harsh. But ultimately, when you, you look back now, you'd say he's, he's not. Um, but all of those players, we spent a ridiculous amount of money on bringing all of those and none of them were upgrades and that's why yeah and that, that's and that's craig is that i that's why i am still willing to wait a year because this is the first coach that in that summer signed gabriel mm-hmm. signed thomas parte signed on loan still, i get that mate yeah and martin odegaard like that's why I'm willing to give it a year just to see what this summer is. If we sign, and that's the thing, is that this summer will allow me, I feel, to, to be able to fully evaluate the situation. If he brings in players that improve us and we're still 10th and we're still 8th, 9th, 10th, then yeah, 100%. Then we'll talk. Yep. I'm done. Move on. The process he's, he's, he's under pressure from day one. If he gets backed in the summer, I've said this, look, when he was, I've said this before to you, mate, when he was first given the job, I was un- underwhelmed. I wish I could bloody find the tweet. I said, oh, okay. Mikhail Arteta's not my... Yeah. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm a bit underwhelmed with that. But look, he's an Arsenal... You know, he he was our captain and he's been been up there with Pep Guardiola for the last two years. Look, he deserves a chance. Let's give him a go. You know, see how we go. But if he gets back in the summer and he does bring in six, seven players, let's say he does, 
And like you just said, mate, if we're still languishing around 8th, 9th and 10th in October, November, then, yeah, you'll have to go. Absolutely. I'll hold my hand up. You'll have yeah. to go. I mean, I always use Leicester City every single time as an example of a club that you should look at and go, they're the club to model mm. recruitment on. Because you look oh. at the players that they bring in after losing players. I mean, last last summer they lost Ben Chilwell uh, and they brought in Wesley Fofana, Timothy Castagna, mm. Uh, and they got an under on loan. I mean, Castagna came in and is basically a right back and a left back. He's that good. Is that so lad who plays centre half as well, the Turkish lad, is it Sionchu? Uh, yes, yeah, Sionchu came in um, three. So 2018, he came in. They basically gave him a season. They basically did a Saliba with him. They gave him a season. Yeah. Basically, you just you'll get a couple of games here and there, and then the next season in 2019, he started all the games and has smashed it since. He's smashed but, it I mean, to pieces. He's a brilliant player. James Madison, Ricardo Pereira, um, Iose Perez, which I know a lot of people... So, Iose Perez, right? If we had assigned Iose Perez, can you imagine the uproar if we had assigned him in? And actually, he's gone in. He's gone to Leicester and he's done well. I mean, But that's what I mean about being a snob, mate. Because he's because yeah. he's not a household name. If he'd have come yeah. to Arsenal, everyone going, oh, bloody, oh, who's this bloke? Yeah. Do you know? Who, but no one wants to... No one wants to say to this oh he looks all right didn't we give him a go let's let's make an assumption about mm -hmm. him after he's played a few games of football instead of when he's standing there with the show oh, i don't like the look of him oh no i don't like the look of him it's ridiculous i mean i can remember <laughs> i can remember when we signed Thierry Henry. Mm. people say oh, who's this geezer oh, he's another french bloke bloody hell do you know yeah. like, it's just it this, this fan base, and I think being as good as we were and all that success we had, I think it's been a bad thing on that generation of supporters. I really do, and people think I'm crazy. I think that one of the worst things that could have happened to this football club was winning the league unbeaten because everyone's expectation is up there all the time, mm. all the time. Now, people can say to me, your expectation should be up there all the time. Well, of course it is. But I also understand that's not the way it works. Yeah. There's, there's, there's the ways and means of getting up there and staying up there. And I Do think I? people are very introverted the way they look at Arsenal. They look at just Arsenal and they forget the nine, no, no, I say 19, but it's a hell of a lot more clubs than it used to be even a year, two years ago, mm. that are fighting for that top four that have invested. I mean, you look at the amount of money Aston Villa have invested in their squad and invested well. Let's not yeah. be. Uh, West Ham have invested well. Leicester have invested exceptionally well. And then you've got the other clubs that we're used to, like Chelsea, United, and City, that can continue to just pump money into their transfer business. Spurs have... We hate talking about Spurs positively, but, I mean, they, they've made some good signings and Don Bele's been a great signing. Hoiberg, they got for 15-odd million. That's what I'm saying. If we'd assigned Pierre-Emil Hoiberg from mm. Southampton to partner Granite or to be Granite Jacker's replacement, can you imagine the uproar of that? Yes. People will turn around now and be like, no, I wouldn't. It's very easy to say that, a benefit of hindsight. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, if we'd assigned Hoiberg, it would have been meltdown. Absolute mm. meltdown. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I'm, I'm, I'm one of these. I'm, I'm a fan that will give anyone that will give anyone a chance. Um, you know, you'll see my twitters when we sign players. I welcome them. I send them a little tweet all the time. You know, remember the name on the back of the sh uh, play for the badge on the front of the shirt, the old Tony Adams thing. You know, and we'll remember the name on the back. Yeah, sixty percent of them don't listen to me though. But 
you know, that's what I want to see in a player. I want to see a player give his all for the club. And if you're not if you're not willing to give your all for the club, I don't care if you're getting paid one thousand pound. I don't care if you're getting paid one million pound. Out you go. If you're not, if you if your heart is not with this club, then go because like Lucas Lucas Torreira, Lucas Torreira. At least Lucas Torreira comes out and admits it, right? That he's struggling, and he, he, he doesn't like London. This, this, that, and the other, and he wants a move, right? That's fine. I know, I, I know, it's, it's a completely different um, situation to a big name player, right? But we're going to let him go, and just, just let him go. Mm. I've been talking about one point five million. Just let the geezer go for free, for Christ's sake. Just let him go. Doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to play for us. Just go. Do you know? Okay, Lucas. See you later. Thanks very much. That's all. I've, I've heard today that apparently it's going to be a loan. That's what I've heard. Oh, have you? About, I've heard it's going to be. Alone. Why? Why yeah. loan him out? He's not. He's not in anyone's plans. Because the the issue is with the Torreira situation is that he wants to go to Boca Juniors, right? And Boca Juniors don't have. I'm going to be doing a show on this tomorrow in a lot of yeah. detail. Just give um, him. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Give him. Give him. But Arsenal want to protect the value, and they basically the the argument is going to be that if they can get him in before the Copper uh, America, is that he goes there for a year and then his value increases because he plays more and Arsenal will be able to get yeah, a better that's, well, that's Arsenal all over, isn't it? Rocker Juniors don't have the capacity to sign him and because and the wages they don't. And Arsenal are going to end up paying quite a lot of his wages as well from the sounds of it. So it's a real... And I, I, Jonathan Porter does raise a good point in saying how can you just write off 20 million quid that we... 25 is what we invested in it. Well, we've so, written off. We've, we've, how much did we write off when we when we let Ozil go? <laughs> yeah, how many? Yeah. Eighteen million was it? For his last last wage. Uh, yeah, so I think we saved something around between ten and fifteen million quid for his wages between yeah, those. But we still wrote off eighteen. But we wrote off a lot of money. We we, we wrote off money for Mustafi. We wrote off money yeah. for Kalasanach's loan, uh, yeah. which we paid a bit of their wages as well, supposedly. Um, it's, but then, we, do you know what? He's got a good point because. It, it's a good point. Um, how can I write off just twenty million pounds, or at least get ten million pounds for him? Because it all goes into the pot for for for, for new players, doesn't it? So, do you know what he's right? Um, I shouldn't just give away twenty million pounds, but I'm just of I'm just of I'm just of saying that. Look, just get rid of him. If if he he, he doesn't want to be here, just get mm. rid of him. He's not happy here. He's not in Arteta's plans. He doesn't want to be here. Let's move him out. The issue with that, though, is that if you set a precedent of that's what you're able, is that you'll never get a transfer fee in the future for a player. Well, the true, sum- that's, that, that's true, but you've got to handle it a bit. You know, you don't come out into the press and go, yeah, Lucas wanted to go, so <laughs> I just let him go. You know go. what I mean? <laughs> we've, we've, been, we've been lied to before, haven't we, about just put just put him out there as an undisclosed fee. There you go. Done and dusted. Yeah, it's amazing how the how the us media get hold of that. <laughs> get hold of these figures. They come out somehow. Um it's obviously we've now got Slavia on Thursday and the kind of the last topic I want to talk about in the last 10 minutes. Um, it, we, we've got a situation where we don't really know the situation of Saka. We don't know the situation of Emil Smith-Rowe. Tierney is out. That, that's pretty much confirmed. Um, Granite Xhaka, we, you would assume is going to be back because he was only ill over the weekend. Um, we've got to work out what we're going to do. Um, and I want to kind of know how you would approach that game. We're at home. 
And for me, the biggest thing about this game is not conceding an away goal. Mm, that, that is absolutely. a priority. And we've got a win, of course. But for me, their away record in the Europa League is insanely good. They, mm. They've drawn their games at home against Leicester and against Rangers. And they came to, to the King Power. They went to Ibrox and they won. And so it is important as hell to keep that clean sheet and to, to avoid that. So how are you approaching that game? Well, if I'm Mikel Arteta, I'm put. You know, it's it's the strong. He has to put out his strongest team. There's, there's no there's no doubts about that. Um, this could be a defining moment for him because, like you said, they are so good away from home. If they score an away goal, and, and God. God willing, they don't or get, even get two away goals, you know, with no reply or we're out. Simple. We're not going to go out there and, 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 and beat them um, yeah. by three. We've we've watched them. We've watched, like you said, we've watched them against Leicester. We've, lost, we've, we've uh, watched them against Rangers, knocked them out. You know, British teams, especially Leicester, I thought that was a bloody good performance, um, uh, knocking them out. But, I don't get this thing about when people say, "Oh, if he, if, I don't get this thing about if he if he gets knocked out of the Europa League, he should be sacked straight away." I don't get that, um, and I, I don't get because no, I don't either. If we get into the Champions League, right? Can you imagine us in the Champions League with the team that we've got, right? Because you know what'll happen is if he if he wins the Europa League, and we get into the Champions League. The board will go, oh, well, well done. You don't need any money now. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you, no, you, yeah. you've, you've obviously got good enough players there now because you're in the Champions League. Have a, have a year in the Champions League and, and come back to us. That's the, that's the only thing that worries me. But of course, I want to win the Europa League. Of course, it's a trophy. I'm a football supporter. I want my team to, be, I, I, I want the glory. I want to be able to, you know, work, go go out downtown in my shirt after we've won the Europa League, you know. But, um, the way I approach it is, is they've got to be professional, Tom. They've got to be professional. They've they've got, got to leave. Oh, they've got to be up for it. They've got to leave this. They've got to leave this egotistical thing in the dressing room that's happening on the pitch at the moment. They've just got to go out there as a teammate, and they've got to fight for each other. And hmm. I would, you know, if I was Mikel Arteta, I'd be telling them they're playing for their futures. You know, and I, I think a few of them do think and understand that they're playing for their futures. Um, it's a tough one, mate. It really is a tough one. I'm having people telling me that we've got the easiest route to the final. Well, it's oh. easier than United and Roma and Ajax. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but it's not easy. I think people, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I like, don't, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Easy. No, no Slavia's football match no is much. easy. No, no, no. I'd rather play a team that we know something about. Um, I mean, you know, do, do we really know much about who we're playing? Well, obviously the management do, but as you know, yeah. you can see what I'm trying to say. I'd rather play. Yeah. Someone said to me the other day, "Would you rather play Milan or um, United?" No, uh, yeah, but you uh, Milan or United? And I said I'd rather play United. You know, we know everything yeah. about Man United. Okay. We know everything I'm about Man United. Four points from six against them. This yeah, season. exactly. Um, so I don't want. I hate that. This, oh, we've only got to turn up to win mentality. I hate that because it's beaten oh. us in the arse so many bloody times already. Um, it, to go out there or to, to go out there on Thursday night and go out there with that attitude um, yeah. is all wrong. And like I said, uh, you know, as a fellow there said, uh, you know, when have we ever been professional? It's very true this year. Um, 
And 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 uh, uh, is that Sabusio? I hope I've said that right. Sabusio, yeah. Arsenal's biggest opponents are Arsenal, and our right is that. So true. Um, <laughs> you know, Bellerin was spot on when he said we lose yeah. against ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's so true. Um, so yeah, mate, it's all on the manager. He's got he's got to show some big balls um, on Thursday and and make sure he picks the right team and make sure he uses this week to to get it into him. You know that this is this is a massive game um, for the club um, and and. And I'd like him to tell them that it's a massive game for their futures as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, tomorrow uh, at 2 p.m. UK time, we've got Martin Vate uh, coming on the show, who is a Czech uh, journalist uh, for Danique Sports. So we're going to give you guys a lot of insight on Slavia Prague. So we might actually know a few things about it. What I do know currently is that they're in a bit of a defensive crisis. They've got one fully fit natural yeah. centre-back, which is interesting. And Cadella, of course, we know we talked about that earlier on. Um, they've got a very, very good forwards um, in Sima up front. Um, he, 19-year-old, he is exciting. He's an unbelievably good talent. And we've got to watch out for him. Um, so that's someone that we're going to need to really be looking out for. But if you want to find out a lot more about Slavia Prague, then make sure you tune in tomorrow at 2pm. But Craig, today has been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, it's, always is. I, I, yeah, it's, I, I like it because yeah. you get to you get to rant, which you don't. Yeah, get to do yeah, yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Look, I'm not the I'm not the most knowledgeable man of football. I understand that. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a Lee judges. I'm not a you or I'm not a Dan or I'm not a Graham. And and oh, all the other knowledge, of, yeah, yeah, or oh, Harry, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not the most with tactics and figures and, and and all this business. I'm just a normal man who sits down in front of the telly and watches the game, and and I'll tell you what I think of it. And if you don't like it, unlucky. Do one. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a new show though tonight. Yeah, well, we've got like um, because. Unfortunately, over the last few weeks, I've lost my job, so I'm out of a job. So I said, "Do you know what? I'll, I'll go full tilt with with the YouTube thing for for six months and see where I end up." Um, if in six months' time I'm on Sky Sports News, then great. If if not, then uh, I'll have to go looking for a job. Harry will hook but, you up, surely. Harry, <laughs> Harry hooked me up. Yeah, uh, Harry will hook me up. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So I met these two. We we I done a podcast a couple of weeks ago with these two lads. They, they were from um, Total Screamers, Jake and Jake and Simo. They're called. And I was I've always been looking to do like a Premier League podcast. Well, not even a Premier League podcast, just a podcast talking about football in general and taking taking things that had happened at the weekend and mm. and talking about it. Not not sitting there and going right. West Brom v Chelsea. Why did Chelsea? You know, why did Chelsea get beaten so bad? Not oh yeah, because they done this and they done. This. It's not about that. We'll take little bits and pieces from each game uh, and talk about it. But it's going to be more relaxed. It'll be more of a banter. It'll fest. be a banter fest, yeah, because they support <laughs> Liverpool, so that should be bloody good, shouldn't it? Um, for the oh. first one, they're both Liverpool fans, so. Yeah, it's going to be more of a banter thing, more of more of a life thing. It might, it might not, like we might start off talking about football, but the subject might change um, and go off on something completely different. Mm-hmm. About it might go on about what I had for my dinner. I don't, it, it, I don't know what what it's going to bring, but I'm very excited because the two boys that, that I've, like I said, I I like to think I've got a little life for talent um, when it comes to stuff like this. Um, 
and well, I wouldn't be uh, here. Well, this is well, this is it. This is it. Um, there you go. Unfortunately, I um, yeah, I, I I need what's the word I'm looking for? I need the right people when I do something, you know. And I, I think Jake and these these two lads here from Total Screamers, they're, they're they're good lads. Me and Lee done a podcast with them. Um, a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know what, I think these are the boys and I rung them up and I spoke to them and they were massively interested in doing it, of course. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, so that's what, that's what we're going to do. And then on Thursday nights, then I've got another one called four men in a mic, which is more Arsenal and Tory, more Arsenal. Mm. Um, I have, uh, Chris, uh, Danny from the Burkamp Wonderland and James Cook, who some of you might remember from Arsenal fan TV, uh, hey. cookie done, um, shows he done preview shows, didn't he? He's top bloke. Um, yeah, again, I'm that... here with Mike and Andy from the Gooners pod, which uh, I mean, I felt bad for. Oh, I bet he loved that, didn't he? <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Yeah. Oh, god, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I mean, um, look, why not? Why not go for it? Why not? Just, you know, Dan, Dan does his um, oh, there's Dan, Danny's in the chat. Oh, that's me, six o'clock sharpish. Make sure you're awake on Thursday. Um, <laughs> You know, Dan does his own show. I gave Dan his own show because I think Dan deserves his own show. Oh, Dan's absolutely great. Yeah, Dan's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, and of course, you can you you can listen to last night's podcast as well. It's up on Spotify. It's up on our YouTube channel. Last night's one, without blowing too much smoke up my own bottom. I, th- I think last <laughs> night's one, last <laughs> night's one was one of the best ones we've ever done. It was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Everyone came to the table and and said their piece. There was no shouting at each other. There was no talking over each other. Everyone came to the table with their thing and and brought their facts and we had it out and it was oh it was brilliant. It was um, therapeutic to say the least. Yeah, that's what I think. That's the main drive for for us to do these channels. It's because genuinely so. for us, it's it's just nice. Sometimes I sit there and I, I feel bad for my other half because I'm like I'm gonna go do a show because I just need to. I yeah, need you need to, to rage. Yeah, yeah. This But this has been this has been absolutely brilliant for me today because, like, like you said, um, I've been able to vent off about the mm. Liverpool game and vent off about how I feel. Um, I can't normally do that on the same old Arsenal because I'm I'm the one asking the questions and I I'm the ones trying to drag out the vent from the boys, you know. So. For me to for me to come and vent, um, yeah, it's been not well. I don't always want to vent, but just unfortunately did today. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. It's an absolute pleasure, Craig, to have you on as always, and I'm sure we'll be welcoming. Thank you, mate, and best of luck with everything that you do in the future. Cheers, mate. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like oh, I'm Bye. just wishing you luck. I'm just wishing you luck. I appreciate it, mate. Um, we will be back tomorrow, as I said, uh, but do make sure you check out all of Craig's stuff that he's mentioned there. Show tonight, show last night. Uh, every single day is the SOA. Uh, that, that rhymes. That could be a slogan. <laughs> every single day, there's some SOA. So there you go. Fantastic stuff. Um, make sure if you've enjoyed today's video, drop it a like and subscribe to the channel. If you're new, uh, we really appreciate that. And if you'd like to support the channel, you can join up as a member as well. Um, there's some exciting stuff coming that has been helped uh, a lot by the members that's hopefully going to be within the next week or so which I can't wait to show people. Um, so this should be fun. But we're back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Uh, with Martin Vate uh, from Czech Sports TV to talk about Slavia Prague and, uh, yeah, get a little bit nervous ahead of the game. But uh, we'll see you again very, very soon. It's been a pleasure to speak to you as always and as always, up the Arsenal.
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.